tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, atmospheric science graduate and skyworn storm spotter Brady Harris, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel Kim Cunningham, Emmy-winning storm chaser and photographer Chris Sanner, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network coordinator Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Skywarn storm spotter and chaser Phil Johnson. Welcome to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is Stormfront Freaks podcast. If it happens to be uh, your first time listening, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to catch our previous episode with our holiday weather gifts review. Uh, which was a good time. Uh, but our library also includes shows with the Weather Channel apps, Ari Sarsalari and former Air Force hurricane hunter Warren Madden. Uh, but this is episode 41, and our guest tonight is storm chaser and photographer Dan Robinson. All right. Uh, we'll also be discussing why the general population seems to struggle with winter and ice storm preparedness. Uh, but we'll also finish with, of course, our crazy weather fools and excellent WX resources so hey we are still celebrating our five weeks of christmas as part of our episode 40 holiday gift review and giveaway extravaganza i kept the name that's a good one uh and and this week we're we're giving away a gpx weather radio and flashlight with crank power and phone charger uh go ahead and follow us on twitter and facebook for each week's uh, giveaway contest. All you got to do is just search Stormfront Freaks. I know uh, starting next week, our giveaway is going to be the Eaton FRX3 Plus all-purpose weather radio and portable uh, phone charger. So uh, we've got some great gifts coming up here uh, leading up to Christmas. So just make sure you follow us uh, either on Twitter or Facebook or both. And uh, I, I try to pin what the contest is. I pin that right at the top. So if you, if you go to our uh, account pages, you'll see that at the top. So uh, also, I want to let you guys know, a, a friend of the show, fellow weather podcaster, Mark Jelenic, of What Is It About the Weather, is doing a presentation in January at the annual AMS meeting about weather podcasts and the Weather Ready Nation. Uh, so what he's doing is he's asking our listeners to complete an anonymous survey about the podcast for his study. Uh, and his presentation. So uh, if you guys can can help us out and go to, and here's here's the website address. I'll, I'll make sure we post this in the show notes. Uh, I'll probably also put it in our uh, social media account. But here, here's the address. It's bit.ly slash stormfrontfreaks dash WRN for Weather Ready Nation. So again, that's bit.ly slash stormfront freaks dash wrn so if you go to that it's a really quick survey you can complete that and be a part of the uh podcast and weather ready nation presentation that mark is going to be doing now phil is that listeners only or is that like co-hosts it's but well here's here's the truth is it's listeners only for that particular one because he he wants to find out uh, you know, from the listeners, what they're hearing and and what they who like, the, who their favorite co-host is. Yeah, no, it has nothing stuff. to do with that. But he did give us a co-host link, so I'll share that with you guys as well. <laughs> oh no, okay. But, so let's do this. Let's uh, let's quick introduce our co-host. It's always happy hour here. Let's find out what everybody's drinking. MJ, I'll start with you up in Minnesota. 
All right, we're up here today, and I do have one of Maz's one-liners uh, this whoa, evening. Whoa. Uh, this is the um, Captain Morgan and root beer. It is fabulous. So that nice. is it's an A&W root beer. It, it is, and that's the best one. I, I said that before. Yep. Yeah, it's getting kind of cold up there, isn't it, MJ? Start starting to. You, feel... you know, it's it's actually been really nice uh, the last few weeks, but I, I understand we're turning the uh, corner uh, oh, next week. Common. Oh, it's yep. coming. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. Brady, Brady, uh, what what are you sucking down in Columbus there? You know, so my friend, I didn't really have anything at all, and I looked on the shelf. My friend had this. It is a Tullamore Dew Irish whiskey, and and I don't, I'm not really sure the quality of it. Oh, um, but yeah, the taste is all right. I'm not a whiskey guy, but it it is uh, definitely. Uh, Man, that, a, seemed, that seemed to go down pretty smooth for you. It stings. Are you sure it's, that's not iced tea? Okay. There's a sting okay. in my throat, right? It's sting, and now it's kind of a warm sensation. So I <laughs> can't really say that I'd recommend it to anyone, <laughs> but it, it's definitely something, all right. That, that's fair enough. So I'm I'm drinking uh, a Hootapool lager, uh, and this is this is an old beer that they, they stopped brewing at one point, but they brew again, proudly brewed in Cincinnati, Ohio. Good old Hootapool Pure Lager from 1885. Now this one isn't particular. This one's not from 1885, uh, but that is when they started <laughs> started brewing that beer. So that that's my drink. And then Dan, let's let's jump out to Dan in St. Louis. Not your formal introduction, uh, but I know you're drinking with us. But but what are you drinking? This is a Sumatra coffee. <laughs> yeah. So what's that? A little, a little out of the ordinary, uh, but. Caffeine is always a good thing. Are, are you are you just black, pure black coffee, or do you uh, uh cream and sugar? Yeah, good old cream and sugar. Okay. Now, Dan, are you just getting yeah. your night started, or because that would keep me up for hours if I drink that right now? Half and half. Okay. I mean, it'll 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 keep me up for a couple hours. But okay. I nice, can, nice little I night. I can drink. Kit. I can yeah. I can drink a cup of coffee two hours before bed. And... Okay. Well, let, let's do this. Let's just go ahead and give you, uh, Dan, your formal introduction. So uh, if you guys don't know, so D Dan is a year-round storm chaser and photographer uh, for the last 25 years, covering St. Louis, the Midwest, and the Great Plains and beyond. His goal is to capture nature's dramatic side and in doing so provide visitors to his site, stormhighway.com, with educational information and exciting photography video about severe storms and extreme weather. He also sells fine art prints of his work uh, on his site. So my, my first question is really uh, relevant now because my understanding is you just got back from uh, the West out in California and you weren't storm chasing, uh, but you were certainly chasing something else. Tell us what that was about. Well, uh, I have always been interested in the forces of nature and storms are one part of that and seismology volcanoes earthquakes have always been fascinating to me and tornadoes and lightning and, and severe weather a chase you go out to observe those things in the field and i'd never done anything like that with earthquakes so this is kind of like a an earthquake chase so to speak i wanted to go out and actually see some of these things for myself and so I went out and basically did a 190-mile 
tour of the San Andreas Fault from Parkfield to the Salton Sea, which is in Southern California. And that segment of the fault is considered by a lot of the seismologists out there as ready to go at any time. Mm. Um, so I thought it would be interesting to go out and see what it looked mm. like before. And then if it, the earthquake happens in my lifetime, I'll go out and see how okay. it changed. Yeah. So, so were you hoping while know. you were there the earthquake to happen? Oh, well, yeah, I was hoping something would happen while I was there. Just <laughs> I've never felt the big I, one though. I have I have had a horrible track record with missing earthquakes. I, I missed the 2011 one in Virginia, which was felt all around where I'm from in West Virginia. I, I was actually there visiting my friends a week before that, so I missed that one by a week. I missed a, a 5.8 here in Illinois wow. for three days. And so I'm, I don't have a good track record with actually catching earthquakes. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, it's kind of hard to forecast. Yeah, it's hard to yeah, forecast. Yeah. How, how, how do you even... Well, you can, can, the, the, well the, the only way they can do is they... The only thing they can do is look at the history and look at the pattern. If there is a pattern, a lot of times there's not much of one, but they can tell... You know, as in the case of the San Andreas, they've done trench studies where they've dug across the fault in about 20 different places, and they've carbon dated the layers, and they figured out that it ruptures once every hundred years or so. So, the northern section from Parkfield to around Cajon Pass, which is just west of the or east of LA Metro, it's been 160 years since the last one. So they wow. think it's ready to go. Um, so they don't know when it's going to happen. It could happen tonight. It could happen in 30 years. It might not happen for 100 years, but they know that they, they can look at the past and say, okay, this is what's happened before. And based on that, we think it's going to happen pretty soon. Wow. And the, and the longer it, it doesn't happen, the worse it will be, right? Because it's like a spring building yeah. up pressure, right? Yeah. They, they know the plates are moving. And that that never stops. That that's always going on. So that strain has to be released at some point. Okay. Interesting. So, well, let let's get into your uh, your storm chasing background a little bit, Dan. What I guess first off, what ignited your passion to start chasing storms? Oh, I, it's been I, I I've been a, a a science weather forces of nature geek ever since I was a kid. I'd go to the library and check out all the the weather books and, and, you know, science books that were talking about volcanoes and tornadoes and things like that. And when I was in, I forget what it was, maybe a 10th grade, I got a book by Dr. Martin Uman, who is a uh, professor at the university of Florida, well-known lightning researcher. But anyway, he published a book all about lightning. And one of the chapters in the book was how to take pictures of lightning. Mm -hmm. So, Based on that chapter, I went out and tried to catch lightning. And the first night I went out, I got some great pictures, and it was just hooked from there. And it just wow. snowballed from there over the years. A, you know, a, a terminal addiction. <laughs> what? What? Uh, <laughs> say where, where'd you get your? Um, where'd you get your education to to be able to forecast? And and what's your what's it's, your background there? Well, it's all self-taught, and I, I right. say that. Right. I say that. Uh, not to give myself credit, I owe a lot of a lot of gratitude to my friends in the chase community who've who started chasing with me and and 
and you know the people online on forums like Stormtrack and and you learn a lot from those people and so yeah that's cool so do you go out with like a team do you go by yourself and which do you prefer when you like when you go out on a typical chase day my first few years two or three years i would go to tulsa oklahoma i have some friends there uh, shout out to dave crowley and justin teague greg mclaughlin they're kind of the tulsa chaser group that i used to hang out with and we still we still get together every once in a while if we run into each other out in the field but nowadays i'm by myself you know i go out whenever there's a a, a pattern that's favorable and I come back when it's over. I, I don't do the typical chase vacations. You know, when I, when I started, I, I used to go out, I'd say, okay, I'm going to go out for a week and it, we'll just chase whatever happens. And that doesn't tend to work if you want to see stuff. So I started saying, okay, I'm not going to plan a date. I'm just going to say, I'm going to wait until there's a good pattern and then I'm going to go out and, most of the time, there's nobody where I live that is flexible, has a flexible enough okay. life that they can just drop everything and go. So I'm usually by myself. See, Dan, you're not you're not giving me much hope here because I'm you know I'm in Ohio <laughs> here. So if I want to go on chase, I I can't just drop everything and go. I've got to make a week. I've got to have a chasecation plan. So you're not you're yeah. not really giving well, me all that much I, reassurance I, here. When I started, I w- I lived in West Virginia, Charleston. So my chase trips, I would, have to, I would have to leave the day before a big event. No way. You know, I, I, yeah. like the, my, my, I would have to make my decision by like 4 or 5 o'clock to ensure that I would make it in time and be able to get some sleep on the way. And so basically that was the 12Z models and the day two outlook wow. was the last. That was my decision time. And yeah, so, so you just how far how far west would you drive? Uh, I would usually drive for until I got tired, which oh is my. usually central Missouri somewhere. Wow! And back then I was I was younger and <laughs> sleeping in my car was a great thing. I used to yeah. pull over at a truck stop or whatever and and just sleep in my car because it's four hours. I did there's no sense paying for a hotel for four hours of sleep. <laughs> Yeah, and so yeah, I would do that and get out there and spend a couple days, come back and gosh, when the next wave came through, just do it again. Now nowadays, I can't really do the uh, the uh, car sleeping. When you get past thirty five, <laughs> forty, you're you pay for it when you sleep in your car. <laughs> Yeah, I get that. <laughs> See, Dan, this is like exactly what me and my college friends like dreamt about doing with each other, but we never actually did it. So, super jealous yeah. because pretty I mean, soon we, you're gonna be you're gonna be too old, Brady, and you're not gonna be able to sleep in your car. You know what? Get out of here, Phil. I can sleep. I can sleep forever. I can sleep <laughs> on right. the floor. I can sleep in my car. I, it doesn't bother me. Trust me, that goes away. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I'm right. sorry. Already it's a, chronic back pain from my desk job. Yeah, those oh, days are oh, over geez. for me. No. <laughs> so Dan, so Dan, tell me this. I, I, I just the, the interesting thing. You know, we've had you on the books uh, to do this show for for a few months now, um, and I just came across a video that I watched uh, just this past week about the El Reno tornado. Oh wow! And the interesting thing was, uh, and I just discovered this this last week, 
was that obviously you were uh, at that tornado, you were in that tornado, um, but that you were you also had a connection to the late Tim Samaras and the and the Twistex team. I, I tell us a little bit about that, about the the El Reno tornado for you, your story, and and kind of what that connection was. Well, at the time, I didn't realize what was happening. I, I didn't. I didn't realize they were behind me or who was behind me or who was around me. And I didn't really find all that out until after everything was over. And we started going back. My brother actually spent a lot of time on the phone with, with him and, and a couple of my friends. And we were able to figure out, wait a minute, I must have been, I was on the same road. Maybe I was somewhere around them. And I've been chasing with dash cams since 2013 uh, I've, I've i'm a big believer in in dash cams because they record everything from start to finish and uh, so i went back i have one pointing out the back of my car facing the rear of the vehicle back then i had three one one pointing to the front one to the back and one out the driver's side now i have four point all directions and so i looked at looked back there and lo and behold there they were before the uh, just before the tornado moved north of Ruta Road, so so yeah, it was kind and of what. So I guess to give me an idea of what that whole day was for you, like yeah. where how how'd that start off? Just tell us your story um, a little bit. I think it's interesting. For me, it was. I mean, I've heard people say it was kind of they had the sense of foreboding, and and there were certainly the feel that it was going to be a big chase day. There's no question about that. The parameters were off the charts. You know, there was no question that if something went, it was going to be big, but there've been days like that before, you know, we've, mm-hmm. we've had lots of chase days when something big was expected and something big happened, but you know, nothing like this, you know, I never expected anything like this to happen. And after it was over, you know, I, I knew that I had a close call, but didn't realize exactly how close it was until I started hearing about everybody else's encounters. And, you know, it turned out that I wasn't the only one. So you, well, you were on that. So what it's, it sounded like from uh, the video that I was watching and then also on your blog, on your website, uh, read a little bit about it as well and your account of that sounded like that so you were on a dirt road when you basically got really overtaken by the tornado is that right was well, it yeah it was at the time it was dirt i was on mainly dirt roads that day out there the the road grid is pretty uniform just west of oklahoma city it's just a one mile grid mm-hmm. and a few of the roads are paved but most of them are, are just dirt and gravel and but they're passable you know as long as they're dry you can you can drive on them and so the the tornado started out moving southeast and so that's what i anticipated it to continue to do because it was just starting to get going and a big storm like that a big tornado like it was obviously going to be i just expected it to keep going southeast so and it did get kind of far away from me at the very beginning. And so I actually jogged south a mile just to keep up with it. And I, I was just basically just north of it. And the whole idea was just to stay with it to the north 
And at some point, it got completely rain-wrapped. I couldn't really see the detail of what it was doing. And then when, when the time came when I figured out what it was doing, it was basically right on me. I didn't realize it had turned until it was basically on us right there. Yeah, because, Dan, I'm, I'm looking at the image, the picture you took, and it, it I mean, it, it definitely looks like a tornado. And I was seeing images, but you can't really tell how far that is away. You can't really tell how far the center of circulation, how, you know, how big that thing actually is. At all? Yeah, when it, when it was crossing Highway 81, it was big, just a big, giant mass of rain. And mm -hmm. usually when you have a tornado like that, you know, the, tor the tornado's in the rain somewhere. Yeah. You know, you know it's in there, and you just see this big, you know, it's usually the, the hook, the RFD preset yeah. was wrapping around and just obscuring everything. Yeah. And you know it's in there, but you don't know exactly where it is. But if you're out of the rain, you're usually fine. Yeah, you usually have nothing to worry about when you're when you're outside of that, and especially thinking that it was continuing to move south, southeast, maybe a little bit east. At worst, I thought I was paralleling it, yeah, to the north, and the as that rain began getting closer, I could see how fast the rain curtains were moving. Mm -hmm. They're obviously at tornadic speeds, and it was yeah. it was obvious at that point that. The it was more than just RFD wraparound precip. That that this was the circulation itself, mm -hmm. and that realization didn't happen about until about a, maybe a mile wow. east of eighty one, maybe a little bit before then. So yeah, that at that the the transition from oh this is just a routine chase to I've got to get out of here was just you know the, it happened within about ten seconds to realize what was going on. Yeah, I mean, because I like I remember watching Mike Bettis that day, and I remember watching the live feed and watching that exact picture that that you know I see on your blog. And there's no way you could tell that entire entity is a tornado. I mean, like you were yeah. saying, it, it's like you think it'd be somewhere within there. You wouldn't think the actual entire wedge that you see was a tornado and was a tornadic, like you said, and, and, and you didn't know until it it just was right on top of you. Yeah, and I can't say I've ever seen a. Uh, a wedge that the condensation was actually or you know like the the whole tornado was actually outside of the rain bands outside wow. of the the precip it wasn't just inside of it it actually enveloped the whole the whole area of precip now did you did you dan get overtaken by a, a sub vortice mm. that, that hit you or well uh, you or uh, what happened there according to according to the uh, Doppler on wheels and Raxpole radar. They were bo both of them were scanning the tornado at the time. And according to them, I was within the EF1 outer circulation. So you had the, the 2.5 mile outer circulation, and then you had the sub vortices inside of those. And I didn't get hit by the sub vortices. That's why I'm here. Right. Uh, the, the, the big according to the to the radar guys because I couldn't really tell from where I was it just looked like rain curtains I could tell the wind was picking up and so I just basically got overtaken by the you know the EF1 maybe EF0 I, I really wasn't in that bad of a, a spot it was it was just a miraculous thing 
that I just kind of threaded the needle and and really any any stronger winds and my car wouldn't have been able to stay on the road. Well, so yeah, so what was your car doing at that moment? So, well, the the main problem was my car has traction control. And what were you driving? And what was it? It was a Toyota Yaris, what I still drive. Okay. A very small car. Yeah. Uh, fuel efficient is the reason I drive it. It's 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 40 miles to the gallon or close to 40 miles to the gallon. Nice. And uh, so, yeah, that makes a big difference when <laughs> yeah, you're totally. driving thousands of miles. But the uh, the dirt road or the gravel, it was kind of gravel and dirt. Not It wasn't completely dirt. There was kind of a gravel aggregate on top. And if you've ever driven in snow with traction control, you, you see this happen where if you go up a slight incline, your wheels got have got to keep spinning to keep you moving, but the traction control will the traction control is there to prevent the wheels from spinning. Right. And so if it detects the slip, it reduces the power so that the wheels can re, re uh, grab traction. And in, in the snow, sometimes you just have to turn it off to keep moving or it'll, otherwise you'll just stall on the, on the hill. So that same thing was happening on this dirt road. I couldn't go any faster than maybe 40 miles an hmm. hour because of the traction control just I, I had the pedal to the floor but the car wouldn't wouldn't go any faster than 40. Was it just you're getting some lift is that why it was well well no it wasn't really lifting me up it was just the the i was driving in the headwind hmm. kind of a, well not a not a straight on headwind but but there was a component enough of a component of a headwind that it was impeding my forward progress and causing the wheels to slip on the gravel Wow. And so it, it limited my top speed and I couldn't turn the traction control off. There's a, there's a override button uh, right beside me on, that you can hit to turn it off. But if you're going over 35 miles an hour, you, it won't turn off. <laughs> so you'd have to slow down, turn it off and then speed sure. back up. So, so Dan, were you, were you by yourself when all this was happening when this was going down? Yeah. Wow. By myself. That, yeah, must, I've, I've, that must have been crazy. Well, you know, at the time, again, it wasn't the, the gravity of the situation wasn't apparent at first. I knew I had mm -hmm. to get out of there, and I was definitely getting that pit in my stomach, like this isn't a good spot. I got to get out. Mm -hmm. And and I never doubted that I would get out because I could see it was clear ahead of me, just perfectly clear. It, it wasn't yeah. like I was in in. Uh, you know, I would I would get enveloped by these really dense rain curtains, and I would, my vision would get obscured. You could see the dash cam footage of of how it looked, but you could see the clear air was just in front of me. It wasn't very far away, so it didn't look like I wasn't going to make it. It always looked like I was just on the verge of breaking out, and eventually I did. Now, wow. do you do you know how far behind Samaris and the Twistex team? How far behind you they were? We crossed, or when I crossed Highway 81, they were right behind me at the stop sign. And then after so, we crossed... So what's, what's the assumption then? Was that they just, they weren't able to keep up in their vehicle or... Well, uh, my, my feeling is they probably hesitated. They were probably looking at it thinking, this doesn't look right. Do we want to keep going? Uh, should we turn around? You know, that kind of thing. And because they... they um, in the video, you can just see them progressively getting further and further behind. 
So, and it didn't appear to me like they were close enough to where I was to be having the same kind of a, an issue as I was. It almost seemed like they were more, and I, I can't say this for sure, but it seemed sure. like they were back a little bit further than I was. But mm. presumably, if it, I don't know a lot about Chevy Cobalts, about what their you know, traction control, if it's similar to my car. I would assume if it had traction control, they were having the same issues that I was. But if they had floored it, I would assume that they would have been right with me. Right. Rather than, yeah. I, 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 I'm assuming that, that the reason they fell behind was due to, due to hesitation about what they wanted to do rather than vehicle issues. But again, I, I really don't know that for sure. Right, right. Well, thank God, thank God we at least got you out of there. So that was good. Yeah. So let, let's, on, on kind of more of a, a different note, I, I'm curious what your setup is. So in your vehicle. So you already talked about you got a dash cam out each each of the four front, back, and side windows. Is that right? Oh, no. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, four of them. And uh, they, uh, they're wide enough. They actually overlap. So there's like a 360 degree coverage. I haven't actually tried rendering out. Theoretically, I could try to stitch them together in a 360 That'd be cool layer. Image, yeah. But I haven't I haven't tried that yet. But uh, what kind of cameras are they? They're are uh, they're they're Street Guardian dash cams, which okay. are uh, um, yeah, they're just little tiny wedge shaped yep. cameras. They're very unassuming. They're Oh, wedge, wedge shaped. How appropriate. Yeah, wedge. Yeah, <laughs> appropriate. <laughs> so, what and what else? So, what else are you using in your vehicle on a chase day? Well, my car is outfitted for chasing. I every time I get a new vehicle, I spend a week getting it prepped. Mm. And uh, the first thing I do is I put a, a power circuit in, hardwired to the battery, and it's there's a fuse that right at the battery. And then a switch under the dash that runs back to the back of the car where there's an inverter and a power bus for all the 12 volt accessories, dash cams, battery okay. chargers, sure. so on. And then the, the inverter powers the laptop and any other battery chargers I have. And then uh, I have a, a WX Works receiver, which is the Baron mobile threat net system. It's a satellite based weather data feed. Hmm that I subscribe to. I've, I've had it since 2004. Uh, the internet's getting better and better every year, but I'm even today, even this season, there's still plenty of places I don't have internet and I need that. You know, I need something to give me a radar image when I don't have internet access. Right. Okay. Yeah, so. yeah. And that you've got running through your laptop, right? Basically the center of, of everything. It, okay. It's got the, uh, I'm running ThreatNet. I have GR level three on it running just like most people do and, and, uh, and GPS uh, mm. in, in the map. So, so what happens if you decide to like punch a hail core? Do you have, does insurance cover that or? No. Well, you know, the, the other thing I've been doing is I, I built hail guards for my car a couple of years ago oh. and I've been using those hmm. and I built them out of shelving, wire shelving. Oh, no way. Spray paint of black so it doesn't look too garish. I mean, they, they are pretty – it is a monstrosity, I'll be honest. <laughs> there, there's a lot of – it really doesn't uh, uh, make the car look uh, fancy, but I'm 
serves the I'm purpose. All about, it does the job. Yeah, I'm all about utility. My car is kind of like the old truck on the farm. You know, it's it's its job is to do what it's supposed to do, not to look nice. You know, that's <laughs> that's my philosophy. And then what? Yeah, so, what? And then just tell us camera wise, what what are you using uh, from a camera standpoint to do what you do? Well, I've I've always had a a, a CCD camera up until up until last year, uh, and the reason I use CCD cameras is because the lightning, you know, all the CMOS chips with the rolling shutter. Mm -hmm. If you've seen lightning video captured with CMOS chips, you'll see the split screen when there was a bolt. It'll it'll be halfway down, and then it'll just get cut off. Yep. <laughs> So I just got a new 4K camera last year, and unfortunately, it's CMOS. So they don't make any affordable C CCD chips mm. on uh, 4K cameras. So I've got just kind of a basic run-of-the-mill 4K camera now. It's not, it's not a high-end means, but it gets the job done. Now, well, now, cool. tell, tell us this how how can uh, how can our listeners find and follow you on on social media and, and tell us a little bit about your website well if you go to stormhighway.com everything's on there the, the links to my youtube channel are there um i'm not on facebook i've i've disavowed facebook completely <laughs> so uh, I've, I've been off Probably of there for idea. about two years yeah, yeah. twitter okay, you... twitter's the main thing i use now you, you, you got to start over. I just got here. So, oh, <laughs> here we go. Oh. Highway, very cool. I like it. Yes. <laughs> well, good. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and do it. Maz is here now, so now we can start the party, I guess. Uh, hey. Time time for our lightning round, which is a, a brilliant and spectacular round of fun questions for our guests. We hope. And then uh, tonight, we are going to play a little Price is Right Storm Chaser style. So you guys know in, in the Price is Right and, you know, come on down, contestant row. Whoa, there goes my beer. Whoa. Uh oh, beer down. I'll clean the carpet later. Explain uh, to the younger <laughs> what the Price is Right is. So the Price is Right, it's a game show, right? And so there's contestant row and they bring everybody down. And so there's like four or five, whether well, five or six contestants. And what they first do is they bring out a product they tell you what the product is, and then everybody gets a chance to bid on the product. And the person that wins is the person that gets closest to the actual price without going over. Oh, okay. Right? So so here's the key. I've got, I've got a lineup of four products, all right? And I'm going to introduce the product to you guys. And then everybody, all of you, including Dan, can all participate. Your goal is to uh, name, name a price and come closest without going over is going to be the person that that wins that uh, product brady Not you really, really you ready. really don't know oh. what the price is right is uh well phil by the way there's four people that come up not five or six it's it, it, is so, it really four i thought it was it five okay price is right is like one of my favorite right. shows so so we've got so it's good we got four <laughs> people so we got brady we got dan maz and, and mj so here's what we're going to do so here's here's the first here's the first item up for the price is right so this is a 2017 Dell Inspiron, 15.6 inch high definition, touchscreen flagship high performance laptop PC. It has an Intel Core 
i3-7100U dual-core, 8 gigabytes of RAM, 1 terabytes of HDD, whatever that is. Uh, it's got a rewritable DVD drive, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, and it's Everything's got Windows Bluetooth. 10. So it's basically, it's a laptop. Who's okay? who's the brand? Which brand? Dell. Dell? Dell, okay. 15.6-inch laptop. Yep. 8 gigabytes RAM, 1 terabyte hard drive. Uh, let's start. Brady, we're going to start of with you. Of course. I literally, oh, my God. Come um, on, give me a price. You know what? I'm going to say, I really wanted to go last because I wanted to say $1, but I'm going to say <laughs> $1,899. Brady says $1,899. Dan, you're up. What do Brady, you say? Brady be smoking something. We'll do, we'll do $899. $899. All right, uh, Maz. It's the eight gigabytes of RAM that pump it up. It's an i3, so I'm going to say, without going over, right? Without right. going over, and this is based. By the way, I should I should emphasize this is based on Amazon.com pricing. Okay. Oh, I'm going to go three sixty. Three sixty. Okay, MJ. Wow. Uh nine thirty nine. Nine thirty nine. The actual price is four thirty. Maz, you win. Oh, you win the first one. I happen to be pricing computers. This is why I say. <laughs> oh, that's so cheap. I have no idea what it's that's thirty bucks. It's that's... Christmas time, you know. Hello. Right. Okay. That's true. All right. Here's the next item. Here's the next item on the Price is Right. Laptop. It's the GoPro Hero Six. Uh, camera. So the Hero 6 Black transforms your adventures into incredible quick stories right on your phone. With its all-new GP1 chip, next-level video stabilization, and 2x performance, looking good has never been so easy. Add voice control and durable waterproof design, and Hero 6 Black is the ultimate GoPro for sharing life as you live it. Now, we're not sponsored by these guys. Yeah, but I was going to say, I was gonna say, wow, we got you know, some I, new I picked wow. products that obviously a Storm Chaser might use. So uh, we're going to start this time, Dan, with you. Name your price. I'm going to say $4.99. $4.99. Maz. I'm going to go a dollar. A oh, dollar already. That's wow. right. Okay. You're, yeah, you're totally screwed that pooch. Yeah, that's can't. that's too here. early to pull that. All right, uh, <laughs> MJ. Uh, in that case, I will go uh, 461. 461, mm. and then Brady, we're going to finish with you. Two dollars. Two dollars. You're a dog. Right. Hey, hey, ding, ding, ding. We have someone with the who's picked the actual price of the product. Oh, that's oh that is a bonus. Price. Is four ninety nine. Whoa! Oh Dan. my God! Ding, ding. He's one he Dan picks the actual price on that one. All right, two more to go. Here we go. The next product up on the Price Is Right is the SanDisk Extreme Pro Micro SDXC Memory Card Plus SD Adapter. It's a sixty-four gigabyte memory card. Maz, we're going to start with you. It's a thumb drive. It is a, uh, it's no, it's a micro SD memory, memory card. card. Oh, 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 okay, okay. 64 gotcha. gigs? Gotcha. 64, 64 gigs. I'm going to go 39 bucks. 39. All right, MJ. Uh, on Amazon, 34. 34. All right, uh, Brady. 40. 40. All right, Dan. 30. 30. 
All right, the actual price is 41 Brady. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. Okay, let's change the order up here. Oh, I want to thank my mom. Been. I've been my changing grandma. the order. I want to thank yeah. everyone this is totally who's fair. along the way. Doesn't this is totally like unfair. It. All right. Uh, so here's what we're doing next. Mm. The last item up for the price is right. And right now we've got Maz 1-1, Dan 1-1, Brady 1-1. All right. My so turn. The next item is a Mobotron MS-426 standard car iPad laptop mount holder. So our patented no-drilling bolt-on mounting solution allows users to easily install, hold away, and remove the mounting system in a few minutes. This innovative laptop stand is designed for sedans, compact car, light trucks, SUVs, and minivans. The SureGrip tray can secure most electronic devices in the market, from laptops to notebooks to netbooks, iPads, and tablets. All right, MJ, we are starting with you. All right, uh, $17.99. Uh, $17.99. So, so it's it's we're not doing pennies here, dollars. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. <laughs> no, we're not. Oh, I thought so we seventeen or eighteen. So seventeen ninety nine total. Total, yeah. Okay, seventeen ninety. So one thousand seven ninety nine. Okay. No, 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 no. Seven. <laughs> seventeen bucks. Go okay. with that. Well, you need to watch the prices right more. I'll okay. Tell you All right, uh, Brady. You know. Phil, I just want to say you are a wonderful spokesman. I think Thanks. I think you should you should get paid more for that. Well, they, we should have them pay us for. You're right. We should have them pay us. Y'all a bunch, y'all a bunch of suckers. Out to him before then, but Brady, give us a price. Twenty three, LeBron James. All right, uh, we got Dan. Uh, Seventy nine. Seventy nine, and then Mass finished with you. Twenty four. Twenty four dollars. <laughs> All right, the actual price. Is 109. So good. Dan wins without going wow. over. So congratulations, Dan. You won two of the four, and so you win the Storm Chasers Price is Right. Nice. Nice. You got all Tell the pride. So We're sending you a GoPro. GoPro. You win a GoPro bunch of pride. You win lots of pride from us. That's what you get for winning. <laughs> pride. All right. Well, thanks for playing, Dan. Hey, we're gonna take a short break. Our podcast listeners, you get to hear the latest edition of the Titans U Minute with Chris Sanner. Uh, stay right here. We'll be back with Dan and our co-host to discuss the challenges getting the general public to prepare for winter and ice storms. And now it's time for the Titan U Minute with Chris Sanner. When it comes to supercells, is there a certain type we should look for when it comes to seeing tornadoes happen? The answer is yes. There are three main classifications for supercells traditionally. There's the classic supercells, where the downdraft is strong, but not too overwhelming. There's HP or high precipitation supercells. Then there's the LP supercells, or low precipitation supercells. So, which of these three tend to produce the most tornadoes? It's no surprise, but classic supercells with everything in balance have been observed as the most prolific tornado producers. HP supercells are next. These high precipitation storms have very wet rear flank downdrafts, which typically obscure the low-level mesocyclone from view. These storms can produce strong rain-wrapped tornadoes. For chasing, they're kind of nightmarish. An HP supercell with a more powerful and wet RFD will pose less of a tornado threat than one with stronger inflow and slightly weaker rear flank downdrafts. LP supercells are next. 
These supercells are typically higher based and could have transparent storm cores where only hell is falling. On radar, they may not look like much, even though they could be producing gigantic hell. Tornadoes are more rare with LP supercells, though a tornado with an LP supercell is typically the most photogenic of them all, which is why they're so prized. Regardless of supercell type, these storms have deep mesocyclones and should be watched carefully by all storm chasers and storm spotters for the potential for very severe weather. Hey, I have a new series called Wild Weather. It's available on YouTube and Facebook and on our website, tornadotitans.com. Visit us there and be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. We'll see you next time. All right, welcome back, everybody. Um, so here's the thing. Accidents on icy roads kill at least twice the number of people annually than all other severe weather hazards combined. Now, now that includes tornadoes, hurricanes, lightning, floods, and high winds. Uh, annual injuries number well into the thousands with many millions in property damage. And icy roads are a threat to life and property that just about everyone will face each and every winter, uh, every single year, it's coming. We know it's coming. Uh, it never changes, and certainly that covers most of the country, whether it's winter storms or ice storms. Uh, it, it's always coming, and, and those stats come from – it was kind of interesting because I thought about talking about this before I noticed that Dan, on Dan's website, uh, he's got a link to his own. It's called icyroadsafety.com. Uh, so those stats I just came, uh, gave you were, were actually from that. But uh, my question a little bit, first off, and Dan, I'm going to start just throwing it to you. What prompted you to start that site? Well, I got involved doing a news video for television back in 2003. And uh, I would shoot video for an agency that distributed the video to out, out to all the networks, you know, just a, a, a your run-of-the-mill broker, you know, that chasers use. And one of the frequent requests that I would get is for snow. Snow and ice are big things for, for television weather coverage. And they always would ask, I, we want shots of the weather affecting people. So that's what I would go out and get. I try to get shots of the weather affecting people and when it snows one of the big ways that affects people is when you're driving so i ended up finding this location in west virginia where i'm from where i used to live and it was a bridge across the river with a sharp curve and every time just about every time it snowed anytime there was any kind of winter precip there would be accidents on this bridge so that several times and I started to notice that it didn't seem like anybody was paying attention to this hazard. You know, I, I, I would see cars going full speed, not aware that the hazard was there. And it's not like it was rocket science, you know, that when it's snowing, you can see there's snowflakes coming down. There ought to be ice somewhere <laughs> should, on the road. You should but, be able to figure it out. Yeah. yeah, and you should be able to figure out, but the thing is, people just don't. They, they, there's something that, you know, psychological, and I, and I can I can sense it in myself when I'm not out shooting video for television, 
going to the store or just driving to work. If it's snowing, I want to get to work. I don't want to have to extend my commute. You know, I, I don't want to have to, to a 10 minute drive end up make, taking 45 minutes. So there's the psychological motivation to just continue on as if it's normal. That's just human nature, I think. And so what, what, what do you think we need to do? I guess what, what, all of you guys, what, what do you think we need to do, whether it's the general public or it's news agencies or the national weather service to, to just better get people. If, if the issue is psychological, get people better attuned to, Hey, I got to be ready for this. It's coming. I can't drive the same way I've been driving or I, I've got to, you know, I've got to plan and prepare. I got to stock, you know, my house, I got to, you know, whatever it might be. You know, I wish I'll, I'll speak from being in Minnesota where this happens. You, you would think we of all people could not have <laughs> You this. of all people. No kidding. <laughs> you people. <laughs> we're going to have it every year. It doesn't matter. Uh, we're we're yeah. going to get this at some point. And still, we have the first snowfall and there are hundreds of accidents on the freeways and, and everywhere else. And, 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 and yet we have our our local news segments their social media their everything are constantly this time of the year talking about winter weather preparedness i mean we talk about that up here and yet it still happens so i honestly don't know what you can do <laughs> frankly i would like to see some technology in a vehicle that could sense the you know the characteristics of the road we have traction control we have you know, automatic four-wheel drive. We have all these kinds of things. Something that would not actually let somebody use four-wheel drive on ice because we know that's worse. And people <laughs> people put four-wheel drive on and think they're invincible and away they go. Um, and, and and on ice, I'm sorry, that doesn't help. It makes it worse. And I, I don't know. So I, I can say we try up here and it doesn't work. It still doesn't work. Now, one of the things that I, that I see is... The worst, the worst events are the ones that just you have got a tiny little trace of, of precip. It's not the big snowstorms, mm -hmm. it's not oh, the big right. ice storms. It's just the little, the little subtle coating, and that doesn't look that bad. Those are the ones that cause the most issues because it doesn't look bad, and so visually people aren't reacting to it and slowing down. So, one of the things I've been trying to do with the site is show people with the videos. I go out and shoot video of this every year. I travel. I, I went to Alabama last year. And anytime there's anything in the South, it causes major, major issues down there. And uh, I just want to show people what happens. And I think the videos, the videos have always been the center of what I've been doing. It gets people to see that, hey, this is, this can happen to anybody. Have a huge. I got a. I got a video last year, here in St. Louis, of a just a huge, four-wheel drive truck with huge off-road tires, spinning out on ice. You know, and just to show that it doesn't matter what what you have. Oh, yeah. Right, and I I think you know I'm, I'm on your equipment. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna go back to the fact that I I think. You know, we've talked about this when it comes to hurricanes and storm surge. We've talked about this when it comes to flash flooding. Um, as far as, as people maybe not realizing the true danger, 
and I'm going to go back to to covering what Dan, what you kind of just said, which is I think video is extremely valuable to raising awareness for folks. And and I think you know I think our our television uh, weather meteorologists and and Weather Channel and AccuWeather and all these these video places where people get their weather information from video, I think they need to be, when they're forecasting that kind of potential, that kind of ice storm, um, icy potential roads, I think they need to go back into their archives. And while they're saying, here's what's happening, show video of C, here it is. Here because it I think when, when people see live tornadoes and when they see live weather events, they tend to socially, they'll react at that point. So what I think we need to do is go back and say, hey, if we don't, I don't have live footage of, of an actual ice storm happening right now and people spinning out and getting into accidents, but let's just go back to last year. Let's show video. Yes. And I, while I'm forecasting to say, here's what's going to be happening, people. <laughs> here's yep. what's going to be happening so that they can visually be reminded yeah. of, of what will be happening live if they're not careful. That's a great idea. That is. Yeah, that is. Yeah. We used to say every time the first snow hit, I'd, I'd, I'd say on the air every time, it's going to take two to three weeks for people to remember how to drive on that. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll tell you, hey, I slid into a different lane tonight. It's in the 40s. It rained earlier. The pavement was just wet. I was using GPS going to someplace I wasn't used to. It wasn't quite a hairpin turn. And I took it just a little bit too fast. I got new tires. And I slid right into the left lane. Thank God there wasn't another car coming. And I am like, and all it took was that. And then from there on out, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Yep. But you get a million or 2 million people who have to go, oh yeah, that's right. And you got a lot of problems. Yeah. So you're right with that video. If you show something like that, because they can't put those, they can't put those flashing lights at every single corner. So here's, I'll take an, another direction. One of our viewers uh, throws out something about um, everyone that lives in a snow belt area should be required to take a winter driving challenge course every 10 years, if not more often. Well, that that's an idea. But if, if I take it a little bit further and say, I mean, we have, I mean, I think they have these all over the place. Uh, insurance companies will give, you know, like 55 uh, and older drivers a discount on their insurance if they take a defensive driving course, you know, every so often, whatever it is, well, maybe that's something that in some areas, the insurance company could say, we give you a discount if you take a winter driving course. And maybe that would help. But again, they still forget, but maybe that would work. Yeah. The the interesting thing, I, I came across some data last year they did a study of teenage drivers who had taken winter driving courses, like advanced winter driving, you know, drifting around corners and things like that, that teens had gone through that training were getting into more accidents <laughs> because they, they, it was fun. They, they felt that they were competent ah. enough to sure. go full speed. And, and the main thing with icy roads is you just have to slow down. I mean, it's the laws of physics. You know, that's the main message I try to, to drill into everyone's, you know, awareness is you've got to slow down. You know, the, the, the laws of physics aren't going to be forgiving if you try to push them. And, I mean, yeah, just, just recognize that the conditions are there. 
mm-hmm. recognize how to notice when they're, you know, there are warning signs that you can, that you can see that can tell you, Hey, this might be ba- getting bad and slow down. That's, that's all you need to do. I, I think, I think you made a great point earlier about um, you were talking about it. it you know, it, the big events still do have their accidents, but the, the you know, the small events, the, you know, inch or less, you know, or 10th of an inch of ice accumulation that just kind of springs up out of nowhere that, you know, meteorologists might mention on the previous night, hey, we might have a dusting, we might have a tenth of an inch of ice. That is kind of where people, you know, don't recognize that there is a danger. So so I definitely yeah, think uh, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say the National Weather Service does a great job with this stuff. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I think that can be improved is on the some of these smaller events that don't reach ice storm criteria. They don't reach even winter weather advisory criteria. Yes but they're still capable of shutting down a city. Mm-hmm. You know, the last, last December, there was an icing event that went from Oklahoma City through St. Louis all the way to the northeast. So I don't know if you saw, there was a, a fuel tanker that hit an icy bridge and went off, just flipped off of the bridge and exploded, and this was in Baltimore. That was the big video from that event. But in Oklahoma City and St. Louis, there was only a trace of precipitation. Wow. Not even barely measurable, but it was enough to shut everything down. And right now, the National Weather Service does doesn't have any kind of product for that. Hmm. They they don't have anything to to put out other than just an advisory or a a special weather statement. And I always thought that that maybe for things like that, we should have some kind of a warning. Hmm. I mean, the that night in Oklahoma City, there were 81 injuries and three fatalities. Wow. From, wow. from bridge icing. It was mainly the bridges that were icing up down there. But you think about how many tornado outbreaks hurt that many people and kill that many people. Not very many. You know, in yeah. Oklahoma, in the Great Plains, there are more accidents or more people are killed and hurt by ice on the road than tornadoes. So I always think that maybe for these type of events, there should be something like an, an ice warning or something like that where where it goes out on on the you know on the tones like they do for tornado warnings like hey people mm-hmm. who are on the road you need to be aware that this is out there. Uh, freezing rain is the worst because you can't really see it; it's not as obvious as snow. And I think people need a little help, you know, with from some external source that's yeah. watching this and can see it. It's not rocket science to see it coming. I mean, I can right. get out there and get people, I know where the accidents are going to happen, or in general, I know where they're likely to happen. That's how I'm able to get all this footage. And if I can do that, then they're preventable. And right. if we can get the word out somehow in advance yeah. to let people know. that the, the difficulty up here with that, and I don't know about other parts of the country, and again, I'm up in Minnesota, is... You know, I, I will give our highway department uh, props for the fact that they really do get out and control things, you know, relatively quickly most of the time. But it's pockets. You know, there's areas that they where they do really well and there's areas where, you know, timing and whatever else, they don't get to that right away. So to to do those kinds of warnings might be kind of difficult, but I still think that's a good idea. I just think we have that problem sometimes where people think, well, they'll take care of it. It's all fine. It's wet. I'm not going to, you know, it's, it's not going to be yeah. bad. Or it'll be fine for a stretch, and then they'll hit the next stretch where it hasn't been treated yet, 
mm-hmm. and you know they'll freak out okay so for the like 16 to 25 year olds i think i got it the next edition of forza what are they up to nine forza nine now it needs to be the freezing rain event so they know like <laughs> holy cow <laughs> yeah. that's how you know my car goes off the road all the time in that yeah <laughs> Yeah. All yeah, right, well, but- let's do this. Let's uh, we'll go ahead and take a break. Uh, let us know what you guys think of the subject. You can always email us at questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or find us on Twitter or Facebook and tag us your thoughts so we can share that on our next show. So we're going to take the final break. Rest, you can refill your drinks when we come back. It's time for some kicking WX resources and some ass clown weather fools. Welcome back. You should have been with us on the break. I'm just saying. Welcome back. <laughs> Time now for weather resources. Isn't that sad? Because only we get the whole Brady Coffin thing, but that's oh. okay. Hey, time now for weather resources. Cool places you could just stop drinking, Brady, for crying out loud. Wait, I'm stopped. I'm it's stopped. cool places you can water. check out weather and weather-related stuff and stuff that isn't even quite weather. But you know what? Somehow I think we can find a way to link it to weather. So, Dan, what can you link to weather tonight? Well, I've been on an earthquake kick the past few years, so I'm going to show you. Whoa. That'll work. <laughs> this is the USGS earthquake map. Live it updates every, every 30 seconds or so. This is a live look at all the earthquakes in the United States. There's the one in Delaware that just happened today, the 4.1 magnitude. You can click on it and get the details of how strong it was and where it was felt. So it's kind of a cool little thing. Not exactly weather, but it's it's cool. A lot of people who are into chasing are into earthquakes and volcanoes. And so, hey. and it was and in that, my geography class too. So, yeah. Dan, and that's how, earthquake. How, wait, let the link uh, just so everybody can hear earthquake.usgs.gov. Yeah, you go to uh, earthquake.usgs.gov, earth, and then there's the latest earthquakes map. So those earthquakes cool. on there, how how often were those? Like those in Oklahoma, like how long ago were those? These are these are the past 24 hours. Oh wow! So, wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's cool. It happens more than you think. Apparently, yeah. they've actually upgraded the the seismic hazard in Oklahoma is now equal to the West Coast. Really? Yeah. Wow. Pretty crazy. That is cool. All right. Hey, thanks for that. Appreciate it. All right, Brady. I know you're itching to get in there. All right. So, so my weather resources week, uh, this, this is more a shout out to, uh, um, my, one of my good friends who was my mentor, uh, for a summer, uh, Chris Bradley. Um, he's not doing so good, uh, right now. He, he was battling leukemia. Um, he went into remission and now he is, um, back, Unremission. I'm not sure if that's how you say it. He's no longer in remission. That's how you say it. He's got severe pneumonia and he's in the ICU. So just want to give a shout out to him. My thoughts are with him. Uh, my prayers are also with him as well. Um, so he is the meteorologist for 10 TV. He's a great guy. Uh, so shout out to you, Chris. Hope you get better, man. Thinking about you. Is that in Ohio? Yeah, that's in Columbus. Yeah. Columbus. For 10 TV. All right, Chris, get well soon, buddy. Yeah. Get well soon for sure. All right. Thank you very much. Phil, what do you got? 
All right, so uh, my WX resource uh, here this evening is going to be, it's actually already been spoiled. We've, we've spoiled it earlier. Um, but it is, you can actually go to YouTube, and, and the National Geographic uh, channel has their special. It's called Inside Mega Tornado, uh, and it's on the El Reno tornado that we've been talking about. So if you go to YouTube, and all you got to do is just search in, Inside Mega Tornado El Reno. National Geographic, but but regardless, the, the whole program is there. It's about a 44-minute program because if it were on TV, it's an hour long. Uh, but it's the whole program, and it, it does a great job of showing all the different uh, video angles from a number of storm chasers of the El Reno tornado, and it's, it's really a good kind of hour by hour, even minute by minute uh, track of that day and the, and the tornado itself. Uh, and, and really the track it took, which is what really took a lot of people by surprise. But um, definitely a neat resource. Just go to YouTube. Uh, free free program called Inside Mega Tornado. I just I just saw that. It is so cool. Yeah. That, that is totally five stars plus. Phil, Phil yeah. I noticed there was a remove iBangs ad on your screen. That was <laughs> I saw that a too. little interesting. <laughs> the, the, the finger picture was a little uh, little weird. It, 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 little, it uh, uh, definitely caught my attention right away too. But yeah, it, obviously it did, that's why it's an ad. Didn't look like uh, a finger. Didn't look like a finger. I'll just say that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. <laughs> you, know, you know, I love how the fact that, Brady, you never actually look at my WX resources. You always <laughs> seem to find everything else that's on the website. You know, that's that's. I thought that's why you recruited me, right, to this whole gig? Was Yeah, you're, so you're perceptive. That's exactly middle, it. Or middle initial squirrel. Squirrel! What is that? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's cool. Yep. Something shiny. <laughs> All right. Hey, anybody else have one? That's it, right? That was it. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Hey, you can check out all this and more with links on episode 41 show notes. Um, and also if you're using an app on your phone, you can open up the app and you can expand it. Um, and you should be able to see show notes as well. So, uh, various different places that you can check it. You're are are you speaking from right experience now. mass? <laughs> <laughs> I was just Maybe. curious. You sound like you've done it before. I know where you live, buddy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes you do. <laughs> Okay, All right, Brady. All right, guys. It's time to transition to Weather Fools. And I know everyone, this is you know universal across the board. Every email I've been getting is just Weather Fools is my favorite part of the podcast. It's funny, so you're the weather... only one that seems to get those emails. I know. It's <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Really weird. I don't know why. But so what is Weather Fools? So basically, us as the freaks, we're going on, on the internet looking for someone that made a fool of themselves. And it has to do with weather. It can be from this past week, this past month. It just has to be silly, and it just has to make you laugh. Commercial so, break. Commercial break. Commercial, commercial you break. You on the commercial break. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you know what? Who's got the Weather Fools this week? I completely forgot. Phil told me who had Weather Fools. I think uh, I was coughing. I, I've got whiskey. one. Brady's uh, got one, and MJ's got one. So, yeah, I'll right. tell you, Brady, you've got one, too, just in case you forgot that. <laughs> all right, Phil, why don't you go ahead first, since you seem very eager to get it. Okay. okay, I will share my weather fool. Uh, this probably isn't a huge surprise, because many people uh, had a chance to see this. Um, but the Weather Channel set up a camera to watch the implosion of the Georgia Dome. <laughs> Uh, that happened, and that right so while the Georgia Dome was going down on Marta bus, pulled up right in front of the camera. While the dome was going down, uh, bus was loading or unloading, you know, just kind of doing its daily thing. And after it took off, 
Uh, what dust. you saw left was a bunch of dust. The dome was gone, and you happen to see none of it in the process. It just the people are just still there, just acting like nothing's nothing's happened. Yeah, uh, pretty good. Wow, was that yeah. probably the, the best thing? That's the best thing that could have happened to them. They got more mileage out of that clip than. That's probably true. Than anybody point. else. That's the only thing I've seen. Yeah, I haven't okay. seen anybody else's video of the implosion. Of the actual implosion. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Or at least what if it was done on purpose? Of... Could have been. Maybe the maybe the Weather Channel was that desperate. You know, that I was mean, the hey, one that was getting shared. Yeah, I mean, hey, they're keeping their uh, people from coming on our podcast, so <laughs> they, they must be. That's true. Right. They're they're hurting. Taking they're the hurting. low road. They're struggling. <laughs> All right, MJ. Let's hear All right. right. So I think this is back from September. Um, so it's not super recent, but, uh, this is an Alabama, uh, weatherman. I think their chief meteorologist, Chris Dunn. And if I can get this to play. Now you realize we're not going to hear this, right? I'm actually no, gonna... you're not oh, going to hear this. I'm pulling up YouTube right now. Oh, okay. No, you can't, but I'm showing you. So wait for it. Watch for it. And he's doing the weather and everything's wonderful. And he's talking about things. And then he, uh, leans back and takes a fart. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and you do, you you do have to go. You do have to go listen to it because you know uh, he's, he's uh, right now. <laughs> it's pretty fun. <laughs> so they show it. Oh, over you must have been yeah. struggling, Maz. Can you relate to that? I was just gonna say <laughs> what you didn't see was the uh, floor crew lighting it as he backed up into it. <laughs> right. So, right. Okay. Go ahead. Not did he fart, but he back. He like tried to back. <laughs> oh yeah. Green like that was gonna make a difference. Right. right. If you're not in screen, the audio. They can't hear you. I'm, I'm gonna hide my ass because that's gonna make a difference. <laughs> that's when I heard on live that's TV. Right. So there you go. Well, that certainly is a weather fool and one of the better ones I've ever seen. I gotta so, tell you, listen, hey, before you say, all the time it happens, you have on the morning show guests and they mic them up and then they go to the restroom and yes, forget to turn the mics off, and you're like, it's it's. It's most difficult for the anchors. That happens? You, oh, absolutely. Yeah, oh my God. It happens all the time. And they know what it is, too. And the guest has no clue. <laughs> yeah. And so everybody's like, that was Bob, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty uh, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think the only weather fool left is me. Well, not me. Yeah, it is. But, well... <laughs> I, I am a wonderful in some aspects, but not this, not this at all. We're, we're so, losing Brady pretty fast. He's we're losing me. We're losing here. me pretty quick. Yeah, <laughs> Light him up, buddy. Light him up. I blame that on you, Phil. All right. So we have. Can you guys see my screen? Because my screen's infinity. Lots yeah, of screens. You, yeah. you got to pull, pull up the Olympic tab to show us. Okay. Please. I. This is terrible. No, pull up the. Oh, Can't no, pull up done. your tab. Oh, now we lost okay. it. Game uh, again. Okay. <laughs> got oh skeletons. Oh, the ske <laughs> All right. So some of you guys may have seen this in the news. This was everywhere. I mean, there was like every news outlet didn't pretty much did an article on this. It was from Forbes.com. So here is, I don't know if you've heard of the flat earther movement or a flat earther, um, but Kyrie Irving is known as a flat earther. Um, basically, it's people that believe that the earth is flat. In the 21st century, there are Good people Lord. that... You know, there are still people that believe. And this guy was so sure that the earth was flat. 
he built a homemade rocket. I'm not sure if it could actually launch, but he was going to <laughs> launch himself Just a thousands of feet into the air in his homemade rocket, which would ultimately definitely result in him dying because there's no way that this yeah. thing is safe. Just to prove a point that the Earth was flat, which he would have been sadly. Which I'm thinking, like, all you have to do, dude, is go like book a flight <laughs> and just yeah. see the curvature in the Earth. You know, you know? is that is that an air conditioner like right under his launch pad there? Apparently, air conditioner, <laughs> I think it's just a big silo of dynamite he just put into a rocket and just thought it would work. His science teacher is still going. Oh, I can't believe. Yeah, that. yeah. He didn't Maybe he was the class. science teacher and got fired. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Crazy. What can you do? All right. Well, remember, you guys can find all those resources on stormfrontfreaks.com. Look on episode 41 and then look at the show notes. Or as Maz uh, said earlier, uh, if you're listening to us on your phone, uh, a lot of times all the the apps, you can just (laughs) tap on it and you'll see all the show notes associated uh, with the episode you're listening to. Do you have an iPhone? Do you have an iPhone? Uh, yes, I do. I'm just checking. Okay, go ahead. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How to stop the show like that. Uh, that note. All right, hey, so let's do this. MJ, let's go. Do we have any listener questions or responses? Hey, we got a couple of them. A couple of tweets from uh, about the last show. Chris White at Chris V-A-W-X says, Thanks for or uh, thanks to the latest at Stormfront Freak podcast. I have Christmas gift ideas for hashtag grandsons. So he heard something that uh, he liked. Oh, nice. And he hashtag grandsons as well. That's a nice he touch. Did. That's pretty cool. Hopefully it's not Great Lakes Brewing Company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah, depends on how old they are, I guess. That's Come right. here, boys! And uh, one of our friends, Rob H., uh, uh, tweeted to us that uh, he can't find the color-changing glasses in the uh, uh, Stormfront Freaks merch store. Uh, mm-hmm. Need a link for it. And, of course, I think Phil commented on that. Um, those are... Uh, Promotional events only at this point. Exclusive. Is right, it is. They are right now exclusive items. Uh, you can only get at any of the shows we might be attending. Um, at this point, probably the next one will be in Ohio at the Ohio State Weather Severe Weather Symposium. That's usually in March. I don't have a date on that yet. But part part of the other issue is is it just financially doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, the cups are pretty inexpensive, and then the cost to ship them are going to be just as much, if not more. And so I, right now, financially, it doesn't make sense to make those available. But we'll see. We'll see. Stay tuned. You never know. Hey, if you, uh, you know, if you really, really want them, let us know. They or were, they have been highly sought after it at, at mm-hmm. uh, both the last events we were at. So that's good. I tell you, those things are awesome. I literally have one on cool. my bed. Drink from every night. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, interesting. So on (laughs) on that note, I think that about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Thanks for listening and watching. Uh, I'll tell you what, guys, if if you like what we're doing with the show um, and you listen, please take the time to leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. We appreciate that. Uh, Special thanks to our guest, Dan Robinson. So Dan, thanks for coming by and joining us. We appreciated having you on tonight. Dan, thanks for having me. And uh, our next episode in two weeks, we're going to be recording live on December 14th. It will be with Storm Chaser Jeff Piotrowski. So uh, be sure to click subscribe on your podcast app to be notified when it's available. Uh, Go to stormfrontfreaks.com or our YouTube channel. 
if you want to be able to watch it live. That's another so, guy that sounds like Mike Wazowski. Mike Wazowski, <laughs> Jeff Pietrowski. <laughs> exactly. That's just how you say it, right? It's just how you say it. I guess. Um, but anyway, so for MJ, Brady, Maz, and even Dan, I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear, and we'll catch you guys next time. Good night, everyone. Peace out, y'all. See ya. See you guys. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. To subscribe and be notified when new episodes of our bi-weekly show are available, you can go to Apple Podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app and search for Stormfront Freaks. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter at Stormfront Freak. We'd love to hear from you. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out the interactive radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormfrontfreaks. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.